You're listening to Coleman Power on the Organic Fitness Podcast. All right, welcome to the latest podcast with my guest, okay, Didi. She's a registered dietitian, okay. She's based in Dublin. She's from the Netherlands. I'm going to let her introduce herself here. Didi, how are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Um, so yeah, I'm Didi. I'm a registered dietitian. Um, I'm currently working part-time in a hospital in Dublin, and I'm also working private practice under my alias Didi-tition. Um, yeah. Good. All right. In today's podcast, we're going to be talking about nutrition and health as a general uh, topic. All right. And as well as that, um, we're going to talk about current and trending diets. Okay, the first of which I'm just going to throw out there is the likes of keto and vegetarian and veganism. Okay. What are your thoughts mm-hmm. and what are um, your clients currently uh, coming to you with questions about these diets? Yeah, so I suppose I have two different types of clients because I do work in the hospital as well. But I suppose the the private clients, so in my one to one clinics, um, it's it's whatever is really trending at the time. I think keto was a big one up to about a year ago. Now I'm getting a whole range of yes variations of low carb and um, veggie vegan is definitely trending. Um, yeah, just people trying lots of random things they're finding online as well. But I do find that there's a little bit of a growing trend in just following healthy kind of personalized advice as well hmm. that's interesting with um with that vegan january that kind of came about and i did a, a trial yeah. actually myself for a period of six to eight weeks yeah. just to see mm-hmm. myself i've I currently tried uh, keto i've tried the likes of vegetarian and i have a plant-based current mm-hmm. diet at the minute um i don't mm-hmm. like to label myself as any one thing but it was interesting while i was on the the vegan diet it's just combining mm. and using the likes of plant-based nuts and grains making complete protein mm. and it's not that it's it's any what any easier or any harder it's just the whole idea of planning your meals to suit your lifestyle and, and that's what's all about people actually finding what works for them and i as as most people know i'm a, currently i'm a personal trainer and my approach is to find uh what works and what they are able to stick to and what, more sus- what they can do in a sustainable yeah. routine for a healthier individual and eating mm-hmm. and matching foods to their current activity level. So currently people will ask me, Colin, what's the best food or what's the best diet? And I always come back to them and I tell them, what do you, foods do you like in, and can you eat? And I recommend them to eat and consume more vegetables. And I get them, obviously, of course, uh, being an organic grower, can I get them to mature? consume them majority of their foods and fruits and vegetables organically where possible but the thing is mm. um, i just want to touch on what are your thoughts on the likes of veganism as a diet for a general whole for individuals i definitely see that i mean the advisors were very much looking at evidence and there is a lot of evidence to say that veggie and vegan diets are very healthy um they do include far more fruits and veg than a non kind of plant-based diet would. And so I suppose that tends to be our general recommendation is to eat just more fruit and veg and um, eating more fruit and veg means you're having lower calorie intakes. It means you're eating more fiber, you're getting more of your vitamins and minerals as well. Um, but whether I would recommend a vegan diet for everyone that comes into my clinic, um, definitely no, because I really want to meet people where they 
they are as well and kind of meet them halfway where I can. So I would always recommend to eat more fruits and veg, but I would probably not insist on someone cutting out meat altogether. I think you can have a healthy diet, including some meat and dairy and eggs and fish. Um, but it's definitely about increasing the portions of the veg and reducing the portions where you can then of those meats and finding maybe more plant-based sources of proteins as well, like your nuts and beans and um, lentils and just other pulses in general. Um, I think going blanket refer a blanket statement of everybody should be vegan, I think it's a little bit too difficult because, I mean, we know people should be eating their five fruit and veg. It's been, you know, a public health message for at least two or three decades, but I don't think people are still meeting those requirements. So I think even getting people to eat more fruit and veg would be a general first line. But definitely the, the more veg you can eat and the closer you get towards a plant-based diet, I suppose the likelihood is that you are getting all your key nutrients in more easily. That's that's an important point you touch on. It's a minimum requirement people are getting five, meant to be getting five fruit and veg a day. However, mm. for the majority of people, if you were to ask them, what you have for breakfast, it typically wouldn't be fruit or vegetables for a high percentage of people. Then for lunch, if mm -hmm. you're eating out, they might have maybe one vegetable if you're lucky. And then the typical mm. thing for lunch, yeah, for, sorry, for your main meal, you might have another vegetable or two. And then that's barely leaving you to four. And some people are very struggling to get the four. And that's a minimum requirement. With the likes yeah, of the, with the likes of the, we call it, the healthy fats that are um, in in abundance in the likes of the keto diet. Um, what are your thoughts then on the likes of um, the omega-3s and omega-6s? I'm interested in, because uh, one being pro-inflammatory and one being anti-inflammatory that some people don't know mm. currently. And mm -hmm. I just wanted to get your thoughts on it. Um, again, Colin, I think the main focus is to try and get people even to eat more of those unsaturated fats. So those are the omega-3s and 6s in general. Um, I think people are still eating far too much of the saturated fat. So things like the fat we find in meat, in dairy, in eggs, and um, all those kind of higher fat foods that come from animal sources. So just generally getting people to eat more plant-based oils. So things like your olive oils, your sunflower oil, your rapeseed oil, that's already a big move. And then moving towards the nuts and seeds itself oils. Now, you, it sounds like you're mostly trying to figure out the difference or trying to understand a bit more about the health benefits of the omega-6 and the omega-3s. Definitely, there is evidence that we should have a higher, like a, a better balance of the omega-6s compared to the omega-3s. We should be having more of the omega-3 fats. And so these are things we find mostly in our fish, so oily fish. Um, oily fish would be things like your salmon, your tuna, your mackerel, sardines. Um, and then you can find it in some plant-based sources as well, some of your um, healthier oils. And we should be eating less of those omega-6s. Um, but to be honest, I think that's so far beyond what people are currently doing. Again, we need to move people towards more healthy oils in general, rather than focusing maybe on the omega-3s and 6s. Um, that's what so, I found working yeah. in practice. With the, with the clients that you currently have, uh, Didi, what is the typical uh, scenario with people that come to you and what are their issues that they suffer with? Is it just basic putting meals together or is it being consistent on any diet or what is their typical issue with foods? Mm. So, yeah, and I suppose someone who's come all the way from thinking about improving their diet to booking a dietitian appointment online and actually seeing that dietitian, I think they're people that are already very interested and very motivated. 
so the people I see in my clinic often have some interest and understanding of healthy eating already and often they're the people that are going to the gym already regularly that have you know an understanding to eat more fruits and veg so they tend to be relatively healthy um, and want to maybe then move towards losing a bit of weight or um, maybe they found that their cholesterol levels are too high or they want to help themselves to do better maybe in the gym so I suppose they're the kind of people that would come to me and I suppose then it's all about to be honest what I find mostly working in those kind of clinics is actually working with the relationship food that people have rather than actually educating them on the nutrition side of it I think we all know basic stuff about healthy eating and how to eat healthy but it's about actually why we don't follow those recommendations is what I suppose one of my biggest roles is working in private practice at the moment so motivating Mm. empowering people to actually do the things that they want to do that's interesting. And just before actually we even touched on, uh, we pressed record here for the podcast, we mentioned uh, I'm currently training uh, a client and they're having issues with previous uh, information that they were given that carbohydrates mm. are a negative thing. They should reduce down the amount of carbohydrates. And that isn't always necessarily the problem. In fact, typically it's not the problem. It's not the carbohydrates or the foods that are carbohydrates that are a problem. It's the processed foods that they consume on a regular basis are causing their added weight gain that they currently have and then trying to get them to have an understand a better relationship that if they stuck to single ingredient foods they would have increased energy levels because the food choices that they're currently making they're unsure and they're taking out carbohydrates and they're adding in the likes of fats and healthy fats of that such as avocados such as nuts that mm-hmm. they were told were the food choices to consume in a higher volume than your carbohydrates then mm. pasta then breads then porridge they're all carbohydrates but all of those things can give, are the first the body carbohydrates are the body's first source of energy and as a result of that i i had this problem myself when i first started my uh we call it mm. my fitness journey i was thinking i should yeah. reduce down my carbohydrates most people think that because it's been demonized for for what reason i don't know because the likes of mm. it's a balanced diet you need to start consuming from whole foods we're trying to get people to eat, like being a personal trainer, being someone who's into nutrition, being someone who's an organic grower, I can see the benefit of and encourage people to consume them from single ingredient foods. Why? Because they have less mm-hmm. calories when they're from that. They have higher fiber, which is good, not only good for keeping you fuller for longer, mm-hmm. it's good for gut health. You increase vitamins and minerals when you get them fresh, when you get them local. And it's something that I have as a personal trainer and as a person who's into food and health that come mm-hmm. into that type of problem with individuals, trying to just get them to get in their balanced meals. That's something that I, I encourage people to have, having a balanced mm-hmm. uh, breakfast, having a balanced lunch and a balanced dinner. And what I mean by a balanced meal is having the three main macros and the three main macros that I encourage people to have is a protein source okay protein not only being mm-hmm. for muscle repair is for muscle maintenance and it's satiating the likes of a carbohydrate mm-hmm. complex carbohydrate preferably which is a slow release of energy okay such as your brown mm-hmm. rice your brown pasta your oats your sweet potato okay and not to say that mm-hmm. white pasta or white bread or the likes of white rice are bad or negative it's just that you don't have the full added advantage of fiber that you're missing out on so i love to maximize the benefits of the foods that they consume so i recommend the complex carbohydrates to get the best bang for your buck and then a healthy fat okay whether it's coming from a cooking oil i recommend olive oil is the one that i recommend because it contains both omega c and omega-3 and omega-6 healthy fatty acids Mm -hmm. and or you can consume it from nuts or you can consume it from a range of other um, meat sources as Mm -hmm. well or eggs has a great is another one that but do you do you um what uh, get people to 
choose or what way do you recommend people to base their meals? Do you get them to do three main meals or do you get them to do snacks in between or what do you do with your current clients, Judy? Yeah, um, it sounds like what you're recommending is very much what most dietitians would recommend as well, Coleman. It's, it's getting your, your kind of macros in, but we wouldn't call them macros ourselves. I would say for most of my clients, I would recommend kind of a meal layout of half a plate of veg because I always want to encourage people to have more veg. Um, it's definitely something that is going to have a lot of benefits um, for both reducing calorie intake, but also increasing the nutrient composition of their meals. Um, so half a plate of veg or fruit, and that could be, for example, with your breakfast as well, having a few berries, maybe having a, a piece of fruit beside your bowl of porridge. Um, and then I would say a quarter plate of carbs. So like you're saying, whole grain where you can, and then a quarter plate of protein. So that would be potentially your the dairy. It depends. I Imagine you were going to dissect your meal, basically, and it would look like that on your plate. And um, it could be a bit of dairy, could be, be a little bit of meat, and um, it could be a little bit of your kind of lentils and beans if you're looking for vegan sources. Um, but yeah, so quarter plate of carbs, quarter plate of protein, and then half a plate of veg, and then obviously hoping to have some of those healthy fats in all of those as well. So it's very similar to what you're recommending, Coleman. But I would say then when it comes to spreading out the meals, I would say eat when you feel like you can. So breakfast, lunch, dinner, two snacks would be ideal, I suppose. But obviously, I'm always trying to meet someone where they are as well. And if someone is working shifts or working you know, struggling with manning your children and busy lifestyles, I would say just eat when you can, eat when you're hungry, try and have as much of a pattern as you can because it does help with digestion. But just, yeah, try and have food when you can and then trying to make those meals as balanced as you can. What do you recommend as snacks, Didi? Because most people struggle in between mm. meals and they, they feel like if either they have don't have enough and they're in, the, in their main meal, such as their breakfast or as their lunch or as their dinner, mm. they feel like they're snacking in between. What do you recommend as a dietitian for individuals that are on the go, whether they're in an office or they're going from job to job mm. or from here to there? Yeah, yeah. So snacks are definitely something I, I wouldn't be able to live without myself. Um, and I'd say... It's an amazing opportunity to get in more veg and fruit. I'm going to keep repeating fruit and veg, have more of them. Um, but it is a great chance to have some fruit or some veg and then trying to have maybe some protein with that. Um, my general snacks would be carb and protein together. So the carb, hopefully, from a fruit and veg. And then a protein could be, so imagine you're having your veg, so carrot sticks and hummus. So your hummus would be your bit of protein. Um, fruit and a yogurt. So again, your bit of carb and a little bit of protein. I would say even rice crackers and peanut butter. And um, that could be another nice thing, a bit of carb and a bit of protein. Because the carb is going to keep up those energy levels and trying to get the whole grain means you get longer, um, a slower release of that energy from the carbs. And then trying to have a little bit of the protein, which will help you feel fuller for longer. Um, and I think, you know, it does help trying to, to stop you snacking later on. If you have a little bit of protein that sits in your stomach for longer, it takes longer to digest. And so it helps you avoid snacking later on. Interesting. That's good. What's your viewpoint on individuals tracking their calories? Is it something that you do with clients or is it something that if people are into the gym and are they currently coming to you and they're already tracking their macros? Um, yeah, just something I'm interested in. I, again, I'm very much personalized it to the person in front of me. I often find that if I see someone who has a bit of a disordered relationship with food, so where they are obsessively tracking calories, where they might have followed a variety of fad diets and don't really even know what healthy eating looks like anymore i tend to take the focus away from calorie tracking and just get them to eat again more fruit and veg whole grains get them to listen to their own hunger cues and um, i think 
when you start eating lower calorie dense foods so those would be your healthier foods like your fruit and veg and whole grain carbs you automatically start eating less calories because you're going to feel fuller quicker and when you start listening to your actual hunger cues so rather than um maybe eating you know to an excessive hunger or not eating enough at your meals as well i think that you know when you start listening to your body and listen to what your body wants I think people tend to start eating lower amount of calories as well, but it's really working on that relationship with food for those clients. Now, some clients have, you know, do want that little bit of monitoring and the calorie monitoring. Um, and I do find that sometimes it's appropriate to use a calorie tracker. So things like my fitness pal or whatever they like, just even for one or two days. So they get an understanding of whether their portion sizes might be right, whether they're choosing kind of snacks that are within their calorie requirements. I suppose weight loss is down to calories. But you can reduce your calorie intake very easily through eating a healthier, balanced diet rather than actually through just monitoring what you're eating. Um, yeah, no, no, you're dead right. And, and with that, as well as that, it not only focuses on the foods, all right? It's calories in, calories out. Mm -hmm. People can say it being a calorie deficit. But foods are one thing. It's increasing your activity level, increasing your current training yeah. days, it, and being more active, niche, okay, which is your non always mess yourself exercise that is not based in a gym or doing physical work so just walking mm -hmm. okay such as increasing your steps what's your current step count that's something that i always look at with individuals that i train so if they're currently on they're coming to me and they're looking for a personal training sessions or they're looking for a workout or a plan i ask them first what is your current steps and they say oh i'm working in an office it's four or five thousand i said right in the first week i'm mm -hmm. going to knock it up to seven thousand Okay, and then we, as the weeks progress on, the target is ten thousand. They get them up to ten thousand, and that can get them to burn up to three hundred to five hundred. That's on average because everyone's steps are different, depending on intensity, depending on what you're carrying in your hand. You could have a bag, you could be having the likes mm -hmm. of anything, etc., whatever. The likes of mm -hmm. range from three hundred to five hundred is something I get them to focus on increasing their steps. And another tip is people that are training and people that are going to, let's say, doing their shopping. And it's just a simple one. It's parking your car further away than you expect. I don't want them parking at the front door. I want them parking in one of the farthest mm -hmm. car parking spaces, especially if they're going to the gym. Parking in the furthest car parking space away from the door. I do it myself. Yeah. I don't tell anyone to do it and that I currently don't do myself. So I park in one mm -hmm. of the farthest car parking spaces in the gym. I walk the whole way around and I get there. And then I have people that come into me and the, where they park, right side the front door and then they walk into me how many steps yeah. do you have today and they look at their watch or they look at their phone and they say i have four thousand i say you're yeah. killing me okay where'd you park the car right outside the door <laughs> i said tomorrow when you're coming into me you're parking a forest place away <laughs> and it's it's sometimes yeah. it's a simple thing but the simplest thing really take taken on board and put into practice can yield extraordinary mm -hmm. results okay such as increasing your steps increasing your vegetable intake increasing the amount of training okay. days yeah and people want that. this magic difficult solution and i think that the actual solution can be so much simpler than they expect um it's little things tiny little things like eating a little bit more veg like parking the car further away that make the biggest impact because it has to be something that you can actually apply in your life right now rather than struggle to achieve for two or three weeks fight hard try and get you know that difficult gym routine or you know go on a low carb diet for two or three weeks you want something that you can actually do for the rest of your life I think my goal is always with my clients is that hopefully at the end of five to 10 sessions, they don't actually need me anymore. That is my poor business model, but fantastic, you know, recommendation for clients. And my goal with my clients is that they become 
independent because all the stuff that they're doing is so simple and has slowly become part of their habits. Um, no, that, that's a really good point. And, and I have the concept of a coin in a jar. Okay. I started it, I'm going to say several months ago now, and every single day, whether it be Monday, Tuesday, midweek, the Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I put one euro in that jar. And then I'm going to say about two months ago, someone wrote to me on Instagram and said, oh, man, it doesn't look like that jar is filling up at all. And I said, that's the exact um, thing I'm trying to get at. It's a small mm -hmm. thing. One coin each day. Okay. doesn't look like a huge amount. And it isn't a huge amount. It's just a euro. But the whole thing about it is after 12 months, 365 days, that's 365 euros. That's a nice bit of coin at the end of it, do you know what I mean, to fill up that jar. For sure. And um, not only, firstly, I'm looking forward to the end of the year. <laughs> but um, it's just a concept that I'm trying to get people to understand. It's the small things mm. on a consistent basis that all add up. Making healthier food choices, parking your car a little bit further away, spacing out your mm -hmm. meals, hitting your protein targets. All right, add an increased amount of vegetables into your diet, making a balanced mm. meal for breakfast, having a balanced meal for lunch during the week as well as the weekends. Because most people are okay Monday to Friday, but then they lose the rag and they go off the rails. And it's important to have some um, regime and some schedule that they can stick to that it fits their lifestyle. And that's what I try to get people to do that I come into contact with is making and finding what works for them, the foods that they like, the foods that they enjoy, that they can be sustainable with, yeah. that they, with the people that they're surrounding themselves with can enjoy them too. And I always tell people, what do your, your partner, what does your partner eat or what do your friends eat? Okay. Try and bring them with you mm. because it's one of those sayings that if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And I get people to bring their family, bring their partners, bring, whoever they have sure. on the likes of their fitness journey, because that's what it is. We're all here together and it's much easier to go in a group than it is on your own. Don't go the loan and go, yeah, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to go keto now. And then you get, oh, do you want to go out for drinks? And you go, oh, actually, I, I, I can't, I'm, uh, I'm on keto. Or uh, I'm going to go, uh, yeah. you know, I'm going to go, so, yeah, oh, sorry, do you want to come out to this place? Oh, they don't have a, a, a vegan option. And it's like. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's the killer. I always tell people that, nutrition should provide with three things so the three things are three pillars that hold your your happiness up as well and it's first of all providing you with calories so we all need energy and then it provides you with nutrition so you know all your vitamins your minerals protein carbs fat and then as well as that it needs to provide you with some psychological enjoyment and happiness and social enjoyment and um, i think people often try a diet that does meet their you know calorie restrictions does meet their nutrition requirements but it actually totally does not meet the psychological and social enjoyment that we get from food as well and i think only when all those three things are in balance can you actually achieve something for the long run um so that little bit of chocolate is totally allowed and that those drinks now and again in moderation are totally allowed because the moment i tell someone that they can't that's when the diet becomes something that is not sustainable it's when somebody starts craving something that potentially isn't as healthy for them so you need to have everything allowable within a healthy diet but everything needs to be in moderation um, but definitely cannot negate or pretend that the happiness and social side of eating doesn't exist i think that's where a lot of the kind of standard programs that we see online for healthy weight loss tend to be kind of missing in is just being able to actually enjoy food as well and celebrate with food that's a brilliant point. I'm after writing those three points down. It's going to be in the show notes for sure when this podcast comes out. 
Right, so just to clarify them again, so the three pillars of nutrition, we have calories, we have nutrition, and social enjoyment. Did I get the three of them right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be robbing and stealing that. I'll tag it on, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think if you can get those in some ways with your exercise as well, that you, I suppose, how would it look for you? Would it be, you know, again, looking at calories that you're burning? Would it be looking at some of the, the movements you're doing and all the other elements that you, the benefits you get from exercise and then also being able to have implemented in your lifestyle? Well, my approach is that fitness and health is not just about what, what training or what current fitness you have. It's also about the foods you consume as well as that. It's the thoughts mm. that you think on a regular basis because yeah. those are my kind of a, I kind of have a triangle. So foods, your thoughts and your training all amalgamating together. And once they have those that they can sustain, be sustainable with and that they can stick to and that the foods that they enjoy yeah. and they're happy with doing that and they're happy in their own head and they're happy in their in their day-to-day -day lives then i kind of i'm happy to to lead them be themselves and live their own lifestyle after that my my yeah. job is done and i get them to i get them to live their life yeah. as they wish do you know i mean giving them yeah. the tools and strategies. I only ever suggest yeah. things. I ever, these are foods that I recommend you to eat and they, I, I give them meal, it's called a meal suggestions. Okay, it's not a meal plan mm -hmm. that you have to follow regimental. I get them to pick and choose exactly. and change and swap the foods that they might like and they can have and there's snacks in between. Yeah. And actually, someone actually pointed out to me today uh, when people are in on, the, and on this kind of a small bit of a lockdown to cook, the likes of these snacks and I have a kind of a I'll be putting it as well as that in the show notes and I'll be putting it up on my story there today as well it's um it's homemade nut bars okay there's the likes of eggs there's nuts there's you have cacao you have magnesium you have maca the uh, one of the things I'm a major believer in is people don't get enough magnesium what are your thoughts on actually magnesium with people do you know what I mean it means um in cravings later on at night um do you have mm. issues with individuals not consuming enough magnesium in their diet um, it's not one of the, the deficiencies that I would have really considered as much. Um, I think when what I look at, for example, what would be the deficiencies that you would uh, regularly come into occurrence with um, clients that you do? Yeah. So I suppose in the hospital setting is when I have blood results um, or access to blood results, whereas in my clinic, I probably wouldn't have. But I know that vitamin D deficiency is very, very common in Ireland. And that is one of the main deficiencies that we need to work on in Ireland. Um, I think folic acid is something that just women in general, whether it's a deficiency or not, women in general need to be taking it. Um, it's a public health kind of policy here. Um, but yeah, vitamin D is just the main one that I would see as needing supplementation. Um, for Well, officially, supplementation needs to happen for all children under the age of one. Um, if they're breastfed or taking 300 mils or less of formula milk. But other than that, then for folic acid as well, for women, 400 micrograms if they're of childbearing age. There is no standard supplementation recommendations in Ireland, but the deficiencies I see most are vitamin D. How would you um, if, uh, recommend people to f figure out what vitamins they are low in? To be honest, actual vitamin deficiencies are very, very rare, other than for vitamin D. Um, if you eat a well-balanced, regular you know, variety of foods, then will not likely be deficient in anything. So that's what I tend to recommend is just eat a large variety, eat the rainbow when it comes to your fruits and veggies and eat your, you know, bit of protein and your whole grain carbs. And you should meet the, the, 
standard recommendations for all your vitamins and minerals. Um, so there is no standard recommendations for supplements. And I suppose I can, what I can do in my clinics normally is I can do a physical assessment to look for key signs of vitamin deficiencies, like looking at the hair, looking at the skin, looking at the mouth. But again, it's very rare that I would have picked up any actual signs of vitamin deficiency. And um, it happens more in patients who, or clients who are malnourished or at risk of malnutrition. So people who've had a poor appetite, people who've had to, um, who are maybe requiring more nutrition than normal. Um, but actual real vitamin deficiencies are very rare in the general population. That's good. Right. right. Well, I have you talking about nutrition and supplements and the like. What are your thoughts on the likes of protein bars that are kind of what <laughs> so easily accessible to people in the fitness and health realm? As soon as you walk into a Definitely. shop, it's one of the first things you'll see, 20 grams of protein mm. fortified with vitamins and minerals. Yummy. Um, protein, <laughs> high protein products have increased by at least 400% over the past seven years. Um, I think I saw a high protein Snickers bar the other day. Um, it's it's a bit mad to be honest because especially in Ireland looking at the nutrition surveys we are more than adequately meeting our nutrition our protein requirements and the only population at risk would be the older generations and they may not be getting enough protein just simply because their body needs more protein to build the same amount of muscle as we do or as as the younger generations do and um, so protein is definitely not something we should really be worrying about even if you're veggie or vegan it's easily you know you, you will easily get your proper um, protein requirements from just eating a balanced regular diet um, so I suppose where the thing with the protein bars is that I think it's promoted as something that you should, probably should be doing after the gym and 20 grams of protein is actually very easy to get from an actual normal food source so having maybe something like um, a pasta salad with a little bit of tuna could be something like easily meeting your 20 grams of protein already um, I think it's definitely something that is kind of a marketing thing um protein bars as well can be quite high in calories some of them have sugar and if they replace the sugar with something it tends to be something that tends to have a laxative effect i don't know if people have noticed that um so no it wouldn't be in my standard recommendations for someone going to the gym i would try to get the protein from food sources um you know having nice snacks having regular meals that would be my normal recommendation and the other one that you're typically going to find in your supermarket stores that people are in fitness who are interested in fitness and health that are zero mm. calories drinks and things and what are your thoughts on the likes of those yeah so i know the general population does drink a lot of um minerals so fizzy drinks and if they're sugar containing then i would say if you can switch to a sugar-free version that would be a good alternative and um, just for simply cutting calories the thing is that even this low sugar versions tend to have quite a bit of acidity in them and so they could be quite bad for our teeth even though the sugar is taken out um, the best fluid drink is still water. It sounds awfully boring, but I would say go for water if you can. Now, if you're a diehard, you know, cola addict or any other type of fizzy drink addict that is full sugar, go maybe for the first step would be to go for the sugar-free version and then try and go for kind of a lower, well, just a water or a herbal tea, for example. Um, what I recommend there is, is you still have that kind of a, a, a taste or a tang for something fizzy. Yeah. Um, one of the options I do recommend people is uh, kombucha. I drink this uh, holo kombucha. It's kind of, mm. uh, it's a step down from the likes of a fizzy, firstly from a fizzy drink and then further down from mm -hmm. a zero calorie drink. And there's added benefits mm -hmm. to health as a result of that. Mm -hmm. um, 
I suppose as long as it's not a very sugary version, I do know some of the can be quite high in sugar as well. Um, so it's really down to, I suppose, what you're trying to achieve. I mean, a lot of people that I see don't actually need to lose weight and weight loss isn't one of their key goals. And so having a little bit of sugar, for example, from kombucha wouldn't be a big problem. Um, but I suppose if you're looking towards maybe a little bit of weight loss, then maybe choosing something lower in sugar um, is a good idea. And I suppose a lot of people still have a taste for sugar then. Um, now, the research is kind of out on this one, but there is some people theorizing that having a low calorie alternative so an alternative like a sugar a non-sugar sweetened beverage they it can still continue that craving for sugar um but that's not a bad thing if you enjoy it then i suppose having a lower calorie option is the better option yeah that seems interesting i haven't heard that before but could you say they could get it from natural sugars and it could be a perfect uh opportunity to have a snack or a, a meal or i even call it sometimes you can even call it a dessert you can use yogurts that contain the likes of fruits mm -hmm. that would have your natural sugars and then i get people to mm -hmm. use that cacao powder that's high in magnesium as well that can curve cravings for sweet things as well mm -hmm. which i i do recommend and have on uh, people that are training with myself mm. so having kind of a, a sugar containing snack but from natural non-added sugars yeah, um, instead of sugar sweetened yeah. yeah. I'm I'm all for that. Like people are saying, oh, eh, should I eat bananas? I, I was told before, Colin, that I shouldn't eat bananas. And I'm like, going, Jesus, mm. it's it's one sure hell thing. I'd be not yeah. taking out from your diet first. Remove processed foods. Exactly. So I stick to sting ingredients. If it contains sugar, natural source of sugar, and you know what I mean. Yeah, you're fine. You're uh, in my books. Yeah. Well, a lot of the research into the the downsides of eating sugar. I suppose sugar isn't evil at all. It can be part of a healthy, balanced diet, but a lot of the research showing that sugar may be a problem in health is often from the added sugar. So sugars that are not found naturally in foods. And so things like your dairy foods, your fruits and veg, they do have sugar in them, but that sugar doesn't seem to have the same effect, um, the same negative health effects as added sugar. So just things like your processed foods, like you're describing there, your typical sweets, your sugar added, your high sugar beverages, um so yeah it sounds like a really good idea just to recommend healthy foods that contain a little bit of sugar um but we do need energy as well so having some of those you know natural found sugars is important as well and incorporating them at insulin sensitive times and the two times that i get people to consume their fruits uh, that contain natural sugars is first thing in the morning all right whatever whatever time that is for them if they're doing the eight minute fasting which is another diet that some people are currently on and, and, and make, mm. make it fit for them and after your training when your body is depleted of your glycogen stores is another time for optimal consumption of natural sugars that i get people to mm -hmm. eat all right yeah but i just want to try wrap up three nutritional take-home messages for the listeners if you could we can do it together all right we have three, okay. looking for three uh, nutritional take-home messages Okay, I'm going to repeat the same boring old stuff again, but eat more fruits and vegetables. That's just, it's such a standard thing and it's been thrown at people for so many decades, but we're still not doing it. I think one of the key things you can do with your diet is just to increase the amount of fruits and veg you have. They're low calorie, they're going to make you feel fuller, they're going to improve your gut health by providing you with lots of fiber. Um, and they can be so tasty as well. It's just people get a little bit bored eating them sometimes. So I think it's important to find ways to cook them that makes you enjoy them. and maybe find ways to snack on them that you enjoy as well. Adding the likes of spices as well, cooking them with the likes mm. of a healthy fat, I recommend people to do. Sticking to stick ingredient foods, adding in spices, which is not only adding in flavor, it's adding in antioxidants that are health benefits that are maximizing 
those food choices that you are getting the benefits of. And I have a saying that I, people, that I repeat to people, you cannot gain the benefit of something you do not do or consume. Right? And that's kind of yeah. where I get that from. Okay, mm-hmm. right. Nutritional take-home message number two. Okay, um, I would say start listening to your hunger and satiety cues. This is kind of more of an abstract one, but this would be where, you know, the, I think we all know that feeling when we're trying to be good, okay, and we're having a salad for lunch and we're finishing our salad, still not feeling completely satisfied. And it could be that that salad literally is just not providing you with what your body needs at that time. And so maybe having a little bit more carb or maybe having a little bit more protein will actually make you feel more satisfied. Um, so that's listening to your satiety cues. So if you're not feeling satisfied after a meal, maybe you need to eat something else with that meal to make you feel more satisfied. Um, and then also listening to your hunger cues. So when you do feel hungry, um, then maybe listen to what, whether it's an actual physical hunger or whether it could be potentially an emotional hunger. Um, I think a lot of people start eating when they're bored. They start eating when they're maybe feeling a little bit sad or stressed. Um, and I'm not negating the fact that food will help you satisfy any of those cravings um, because it is definitely one of the tools that we could use to, to manage stress. People do feel more relaxed after eating, but maybe have a look at their tools that you can use to satisfy those emotional cravings. That's a very long-winded one. Listen to your satiety and hunger cues is my tip. Oh, I like that one. That, that was a good one. And the third and final nutritional take-home tip, Didi, what could we finish up and wrap mm. up with? Okay, let me have a little think. Um, I think maybe snacking smart. I think snacking tends to be something that can happen mindlessly. Um, and it's such an amazing opportunity for us to squeeze in more nutrition and maybe reduce the calories. So if you're snacking on higher sugar, higher fat foods that aren't providing you with as many healthy nutrients, maybe it's time to have a look at some other snacks that are satisfying, but that provides you with more, maybe a little bit of protein, your fruits and veg, um, and that still help you feel satisfied yeah no i think they're three solid good take-home nutrition messages all right um i just want to say thanks very much dd for coming on to the organic fitness podcast there was loads of golden nuggets there you threw out i have to say (laughs) not only in the likes of the three nutritional take-home messages but um i appreciate your time and i always finish up the podcast by saying stay tuned stay classy and uh, keep it organic Thanks, Didi. Thanks so much, Thomas. Hey, just going to take a quick 30 seconds to tell you about the new organic food program, okay? It's based around you being healthier and fitter, making food choices and getting foods that you can enjoy and be sustainable with getting them fresh, getting them local and organically if possible. There's going to be home workouts involved in as well so you can not only feel better but you can look better too. If this is what you're interested in, hit me up on Coleman Power Organic Fitness on Instagram or colemanpower at gmail.com I just wanted to come on here and say thanks very much for listening to the latest episode of the Organic Fitness Podcast. If you got any value from it at all, I really would appreciate it. You could share it with just one individual, whether that be word of mouth, whether it be on social media, hashtag <laughs> Organic Fitness Buzz Compound Effect. All right, hope you enjoyed this latest episode. And as 
well as that if you are listening to it on iTunes I really would appreciate if you could give us a review that would be doing me a massive favour and you goddamn well know this is the best goddamn fitness podcast out there stay classy stay tuned and keep it organic <laughs>